Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Beaver County Kickoff. Ladies and gentlemen of Beaver County, the long wait is finally over. Week zero of WPIAL football has arrived, and we here at the Beaver County Times will be there on scene, in the press box, on the sidelines, there to deliver you your coverage of your teams. We're going to have it all, and we're going to talk about it all right here on the Week Zero preview episode. I am Noah Hiles, and joining me on the show is the guy who was hired first this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is me, Josh Carney. Uh, sports and education here. Noah, that intro ha- had me wanting to do a Ric Flair woo every time you you hyped it up. But You're darn wanna, right. It's, I don't yeah. want to scream into the mic. I've, I've done some radio in my day, and the new guy <laughs> is joining us as well. Looking forward to his first live coverage event, really. Go ahead am, and introduce yourself. I am pumped, man. My name is Parth Upadhyay. I am a sports reporter here, and I'm, I'm pumped. Absolutely. So we got Parth, we got Josh, we got myself, and we got a lot to talk about. Week zero, nine games going on. Uh, uh, nine, I don't know how many of the actual teams, but we have nine games out of the 19 teams we cover. Some of those teams are playing each other, but a, a, a lot of action, folks. I mean, sometimes week zero when it started wasn't that big of a thing. Only a couple teams played. This has turned into Another week, really, of Whippeal football. And it's going to be a good one here for the teams that we cover. A lot of very exciting matchups. You're going to hear from a couple of coaches who will be hoping to get their team off to a 1-0 start in our Beaver County Times game of the week, which is Blackhawk against Beaver Falls. Well, you'll hear from them later. But as we start things off, what we're going to do is we're each going to go around the table and we are going to say one thing, one storyline, one narrative, that we are looking forward to watching this Friday night, week zero, September, August 27th, I should say. It's finally here. Parth, we'll start with you. What are you looking forward? What narrative, what storyline, what's got your eye? I'm going with uh, Central Valley quarterback Matt Merritt's debut Okay. Uh, next Friday. This is a guy you know who's seen time at outside linebacker, edge rusher, just crazy positions on both sides of the ball, and now he's playing QB. You know, he'll be taking over for Amir Dudley, kind of a, a Taysom Hill type of guy, if you will. Swiss Army knife of a player. Um, and it should be exciting to watch. I mean, that's, not every team in the state of Pennsylvania can say they have a Division One linebacker recruit starting at quarterback. And, and I talked to Matt preseason. He actually said they might be using him as a defensive end. So he's going to be a Jeez. D lineman and a quarterback. And he, he's got offers from all the military academies already. He's expecting to hear, you know, something from Syracuse and West Virginia throughout this season. So this is a legit defensive star taking over for the best player in PIAA 3A. Now at Harvard, where he'll get some minutes, I'm sure, and maybe not as a freshman. He'll eventually be the Harvard quarterback, Amir Dudley will. So this is a big, these are big shoes to fill. But Matt Merritt, Josh, we saw him playing at camp. He looked really good. Yeah, you know, he, he he looks the part, and that's that's important for a guy taking over that position. Um, I am curious to see how he'll handle the full-time role, but uh, yeah, uh, Parth kind of hit on it, like a Taysom Hill-type player, and uh, easy, easy kid to, to just like. He's a great kid uh, on and off the field. But uh, Noah, my storyline is uh, Jimbo Covert. Uh, the oh. the pro football hall of famer you know jimbo I, I, well. you, I might have talked to him once or twice uh, or a or, uh, hundred times at this point yeah. but uh, yeah. now jimbo was just inducted into the pro football hall of fame in canton 
uh, Noah's old stomping grounds uh, for a few years. But uh, uh, obviously Jimbo, uh, legendary freedom area and the pride of Conway, uh, you know, college football Hall of Famer at the University of Pittsburgh, played nine years with the Bears, uh, one of the best left tackles in football. Freedom yeah. is dedicating the field to Jimbo Covert uh, when they open up the season next Friday. Uh, that will be a lot of fun, um, not only for you know, freedom area um, residents, but those players to see a guy that grew up in the area, went on to, to stardom due to football uh, is coming back and having the, the field named after him. That that's, it's always so cool to see, especially in Western PA with just the rich history uh, of players going on to the NFL and ultimately reaching the hall of fame. And I, I got to cover his enshrinement in Canton earlier in the month. Uh, one of the coolest experiences of my career you know, I, I spoke with this entire family. I'm assuming they'll all be there as well. And what stuck out to me, because I, I was only there to cover him. I, I wrote some stuff about Steelers getting enshrined as well. But in his speech, the first half of it, because they were only given six minutes, half of it was all about growing up in Western Pennsylvania. This is a guy who never, ever forgot where he came from. His dad worked at JNL Steel, like pretty much half of our readers' dads probably did. And, uh, you know, he, he's a blue collar guy, a hard worker, and he, he has a great, great foundation that he established in Conway, Pennsylvania. He still has 15 childhood friends that he goes golfing and fishing with every single summer. They were at his enshrinement. All of the Freedom Bulldogs, the kids that we're going to cover on Friday nights, they were at that enshrinement. So that's got to, like you said, Josh, it's got to be cool for them saying, this is what you can do, you know, yeah. and let's be real. Probably not any pro football hall of famers on this year's freedom team. And that's not a slight against them. There just aren't many pro football hall of famers in general, mm -hmm. but just to see someone, you know, who grew up in the same neighborhood that they did go on to accomplish his dreams. That's gotta be a powerful thing. And it's really cool how big um, of a community emphasis and how big of uh, you know, presence, I should say Jim go covert still has in his hometown after Absolutely. all of these years. Um, so that leaves me for my narrative that I'm looking forward to, my one storyline. And my storyline is going to be, and it's hard to judge a team in the first week of the season. This technically isn't even the first week of the season. But we're going to see how good Moon football is. They've got recruits, starting with Fraley up front, one of the best linemen in all of the WPIL, some, one, arguably one of the better linemen in the state of Pennsylvania, a Marshall commit. They've got a great quarterback. They've got, you know, a big roster. They've got a good coach. This was a team that was in the playoffs a couple of years ago. They just missed it this year, this last year, I should say. And they're playing in Whippeo 5A, which is top to bottom, probably the most competitive out of the six classifications. And they're taking on a Seneca team that was one win away from going to the Whippeo 6A championship last fall. Seneca's always good. They've, they're good at pretty much every sport. They have athletes, and it doesn't matter what they return or what they don't return. Like I, every Friday night, Seneca's going to come, and they're going to hit you in the mouth. And Moon has the talent, and if they lose this, it's not necessarily a big deal because that you know conference wins are what matter here. But if they can beat Seneca, they're going to be some eyeballs on the Moon area Tigers. So that's what I got my eye on. I, I like all three of these steroid lines. I, I don't know if we'll have anyone at Moon yet, but Parth will be at Central Valley. We'll have someone at Freedom. I, of course, will be at Beaver Falls, where the defending Whippeal 2A champs will host WPIAL 4A powerhouse Blackhawk in a Week 0 matchup. Some old-school rivals. These two teams, hey, 
throw the record books out the window. They don't like each other. And we're going to hear from both of their head coaches right now. I sat down with Nick Nardone. Josh sat down with Zach or Zach Hayward, I should say, not Zach Hours. He's their running back. Uh, but we, we spoke with both of them, and you're going to hear these interviews here to get you ready for our game of the week coming up right now. Joining the show now is the head coach of the defending WPIL 2A champion, Beaver Falls Tigers head coach, Nick Nardone. Nick, how are you today? Good, good. Doing good. Just finished up practice. Yeah, that's what it looks like. You got your Beaver Falls gear on every, and uh, looks like the guys are ready to go. Um, Nick, I've stopped over at practice during camp uh, a week ago, but I want to ask again, how's the team looking this summer? How would you say your summer is gone now that the season is here? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, we um, have a lot of young kids stepping into some new roles. Um, we do have some experienced kids coming back, but um, we're, we got kids that are that are learning how we do things, learning the way we run um, our program. So a learning summer because of that. We, um, I think, finished the team, uh, season last year with about 28 kids, and now we're up to 44. Wow. Uh, so we got a lot of new faces. So we've spent this summer trying to get in our kids to understand how Beaver Falls does things, how we run our program and how things need to go during before and after uh, our workouts and our practices. You talked about some guys not being here anymore. Obviously, two of the more notable ones being Huff and Livingston. That's a backfield that combined for well over 3000 yards, over 40 touchdowns. How do you uh, aim to replace that amount of production in your backfield going into the 2021 season? Yeah, that's a lot of production we lost there. We uh, we had three guys in the backfield that over the last two seasons have basically been our offense. We've been a ground and pound team. Um, and we had the luxury of of having some kids that could really, really control games with their legs. Um, so we weren't really forced to throw the football that much. Um, now, when we needed to throw the football in situations last year, uh, Jaron, our quarterback, and our wideouts did a tremendous job, and we really expect uh, those those guys to step up again this year and to be a large part of our offense, uh, a lot throwing the ball a lot more. Uh, we do have two very capable tailbacks that we'll still run the ball with, but we expect to be a lot more two-faceted this year than we were in years past. So, you know, coming off of a year where you were just a couple points away from an appearance in a state championship game, obviously the expectations are always high at your program, but how do you prep a team for those high expectations and to get back to the Whitfield championship? Yeah, that's what I talked about earlier. I mean, we have kids that come out to our program as freshmen or sophomores in their first seasons, and our goal over the summer is to teach them our standards basically that we set, how we practice, how we prepare, uh, whether it's physical preparation, running and conditioning or mental preparation, watching film. And we expect our kids that are in our program to maintain those standards. So it really shouldn't matter who's on your team. Um, and that's what we've had the luxury of having the last few years. Really didn't matter who we had. We knew that our kids were going to play up to a certain standard because of the way the, the seniors and the juniors um, have kind of set the tone year in and year out. So those young kids, when they are sophomore and freshmen, learn how we do things. And when they become juniors and seniors, they just kind of take over those leadership roles and keep our program where it needs to be. So we have a few seniors and a few juniors that were 
helped us out a lot last year that have stepped into those leadership roles and filled the shoes of the Huffs and the Shaliks and the Mitch Myers um, to take control of this team and make sure that our preparation and, and the effort and work that we put in in the offseason maintains and stays the same so we can continue to compete every year, for, like you said, for championships. And that, that culture is so important for every team, especially a team that opens its season against Blackhawk, Aliquippa, Ocean Laurel. Um, what's the mentality going into an absolute gauntlet of our first four games like you guys have? Well, it's a good test for us. I mean, we expect and think that we have the opportunity to compete for a championship. And what way to better or what better way to figure out your identity? And if you do truly have a team that's ready and prepared to play uh, and compete at that level, then to go against the best teams that you could possibly go against. And you got two quad A teams in Blackhawk and Aliquippa that have traditionally very, very good football programs. So those will be great tests to start. I know Olsh over the last few years has played in playoffs and, and semifinals and maybe even a championship here or there. So they're well coached and, and they will definitely be a very very good test for us and that opens us up with laurel who i think is is going to be a, a contender in our conference so we'll find out very quickly if we are ready or if we need to uh to hunker down and spend some more time as as a staff on the drawing board and as a team preparing preparing more and working harder and practicing harder to make sure that we get ourselves to the championship level if it happens that in those first few games, we don't play as well as we think we can. So let's talk about your week zero matchup against Blackhawk. Um, what is it that makes the Cougars so dangerous? Uh, well, Zach does a great job. Um, he's a great coach that will have them well prepared. Um, they, uh, they spend a lot of time. You can tell in their off season program, just like us getting us prepared for games and getting their team ready for games. Um, and they're a very, very well-coached team. He uh, every year has a wrinkle here or there that uh, is tough to, to get your team ready for. So I know he'll have something ready for us that we haven't seen before. Um, and they are a hard-nosed team. I mean, Blackhawk, for, like I said, has a tradition of, of playing uh, – in the playoffs, being playoff caliber teams and playing hard-nosed, punch-in-the-mouth football. So that'll be a, a very physical test to start our season off. And we expect them to, to give us everything they got, not only because um, it's early in the season and they're going to want to prepare themselves for their season, but also because of the, the in-town rivalry with how close we are in proximity to each other. I expect them to bring their very best down to, to Geneva. All right, Nick, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show, and best of luck this season. All right, thanks. I appreciate it, man. Hey, guys, and welcome back into the Beaver County Times Week Zero Football Preview. I'm joined here by Blackhawk head coach Zach Hayward. Zach, you thank so much uh, for taking some time out of your busy week here uh, before Week Zero. You had some tough news uh, earlier this week. I wanted to ask you about a longtime assistant coach at Blackhawk, Lou Wolber, uh, just uh, called up for a deployment again uh, right before the season. I know that uh, Noah Hiles from the Beaver County Times had a story on Lou. Uh, you were quoted heavily in it. But how difficult is that to lose a man like Lou so early before the season, especially with the amount of experience that, that he has 
uh, on your coaching staff. Yeah, Lou's, um, he's always like the voice of reason for, for our staff. Um, he is a guy that has been around Coach Hamilton, Coach Lamenza. Um, he's been around Blackhawk for 30 years. Um, as a baseball coach, he brings a, a another side to uh, to the way things operate um, throughout the school. So losing him right before the season is is definitely tough. And, and one thing that he told our guys is, you know, um, he knew what he signed up for. Um, and and yeah. he's so close to retirement. But um, one thing that he said was he's, He's rooting for us. He's watching us. Um, and I know our seniors have dedicated the, uh, the season to him. That's obviously a, a tough task to, to find that out on a Monday and then have to get ready for a season opener, especially against a rival like Beaver Falls. But uh, obviously you guys have a, a long history with them. You have a ton of returning uh, starters on offense and defense. I want to focus on offense, though. Uh, the big question mark for, for your team, at least from an outsider's perspective, is the offensive line. How have they looked uh, throughout training camp and, you know, summer workouts? And then how did they look in the, the scrimmage last week? And, and how do you think they're faring in terms of getting ready uh, for week zero against Beaver Falls? Yeah, I think they're coming along pretty nicely. Um, big thing for them is is just as many reps as we possibly can get. Um, and uh, the way that our season is, is structured and our schedule is structured helps us out for conference play. Um, you know, so we play great teams in, in our non-conference, such as Beaver Falls and Hopewell and, and uh, Central Valley, North Catholic, Ambridge. I mean, we have uh, we have a tough non-conference schedule. Um, so to, to see teams like that, um, and not only just good teams, but also close teams that we have a lot of tradition with, a lot of a lot of rivalries within Beaver County. So mm-hmm. um, it's actually pretty cool to, to see that. And, and uh, the first test is, is Beaver Falls here on Friday. Um, and, and, you know, both schools see it as a rivalry. Um, growing up in Blackhawk, you know that when you play Beaver Falls, you're going to get their best, and, and they know that they're going to get our best. So it's uh, it's pretty cool that we, we brought that back to a, to a week zero type of atmosphere. Yeah. You know, I mentioned earlier you guys are loaded on offense, and, and how nice is it for a coach coming into a year knowing that you've got your quarterback returning, two running backs, a number of receivers, then you add a weapon like Lorenzo Jenkins. How has that helped get the the team back in gear for the start of the year, knowing that you have so much experience at the skill positions? Yeah, I think the big thing for us this year is we were actually able to have an offseason, um, you know, with, with spring ball and seven on sevens. And, you know, being able to do things from May through July is, is huge, uh, which last year's team was was stripped of because of COVID. So um, we're finally starting to hit our stride with timing and everybody knowing the routes and, and responsibilities throughout each and every play. Um, so that's definitely helped us um, and, and being able to have those guys that have started two or three years. Um, you know, this is a, this is an exciting time for, for these guys and an exciting time for, for Blackhawk. I know this is a tough question for a high school coach, but how, how would you rate your depth right now? I mean, obviously you guys took a lot of bumps and bruises last year, losing a lot of guys early to, to season ending injuries, but your depth chart, just in terms of the experience that you guys have, you know, at starter and backup on the defensive side of the ball, how would you rate that depth and, and how excited are you to see these young guys, you know, take that next step defensively? It, it really helps having guys that are maybe in that starting spot or that number one spot um, have two or three years of experience because now what they can do is they can, you know, handle those younger guys and say, Hey, you got to line up here or on this play, you do this or on this defensive scheme, here's your responsibilities. Um, so they're an extension of the coaching staff, um, you know, and, and um, that's one thing that, that, these seniors have done a really good job about is helping those younger guys and those underclassmen that this is their first time on Friday night, or, you know, this is their first experience, you know, playing high school football. Um, So 
to have those uh, those guys with so much experience, it, it gives that that depth, um, that knowledge, and and everything that uh, those underclassmen need to be ready in case their number is called for Friday night. And um, our, our freshman and sophomore classes, they have had um, experience um, at the youth level and at the middle school level. Um, so with uh, you know with that experience and, and with those successes at those levels. Um, you know, we know that they're talented now, just getting them up to speed, um, you know, mentally for a Friday night or Saturday morning game. I want to go back to what you mentioned earlier, uh, having an offseason. Obviously, last year, four and three, um, you know, you missed the playoffs for the first time. And I can't even remember the amount of years it's been. But, uh, you know, do you guys feel you, you're flying under the radar a bit in terms of, you know, teams you're playing on the schedule? Because some kids might not remember the history or not remember what you did the, the previous two years. Do you, do you kind of feel like this group is flying under the radar and, and how does that help you if you are flying under the radar a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, for us, it's control what you can control. You know, we can't control the the hype around our team or the hype around any team. So control what you can control um, and, and you have to earn respect. Um, and I think that's a big Beaver County thing is, respect's not just given you have to earn it um and that's something that you have to do every friday night um no matter who that opponent is um so i think our guys um they understand that and i think you know taking those bumps and bruises last year i think kind of brought them back to reality because those first two years um you know making the semifinals, um they never really experienced um the, the hardships uh where last year there was a ton of hardships a lot of adversity so i think it kind of humbled them and got them back to you know, being hungry again and, and coming into every single day and every single practice, wanting to earn that respect, um, you know, from the local schools. Mm -hmm. You talk about earning respect. You have to go on the road to Geneva College to, to take on Beaver Falls. Uh, from a head coach's perspective, do you find it easier or harder to open the season on the road uh, with an experienced group like you have this year? Um, I, I, I don't see it either way. Um, I think our guys are just excited to be able to strap it up and, and go play. Yeah. Um, you know, having camp and, you know, just hitting a teammate for a week and a half straight um, is not fun, you know, yeah. so finally being able to scrimmage Butler that helped. Uh, but now, you know, with Beaver Falls and, and Blackhawk and that that historic rivalry, um, I think it just adds to that uh, to that electricity that'll be there on Friday night. And Geneva has a be uh, beautiful facility. So, I mean, going down there and playing there and, you know, hopefully having a, a, a lot of fans in the stands. Um, for this game. And, and um, you know, I think it's, it's a, it's a tough test uh, to go down to Geneva to play Beaver Falls because, you know, Beaver Falls is such a good program, such a good team, great coaching staff. Um, you know, we, we're pretty close with that staff and have seven on sevens and everything with them. But um, what helps us is, you know, we're not in the same conference, so we can kind of pick each other's brains on things. And, and what it can do is it can help us out for conference play where it, where it really matters. All right, Zach, thank you so much. That's going to do it here for this quick interview. Uh, you can follow along Friday night for coverage. Uh, our Noah Hiles will be at Geneva College for Blackhawk Beaver Falls. Kickoff is at 730 for week zero. High school football is underway. Zach, thanks again. Real quick, it's at six. The game got switched. Six. To okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we will update that. So they, we just got word of that yesterday. So okay. We uh, will. Taking that everywhere. <laughs> All right, we will update that. Thank you so much, Zach. Best of luck this year. I'm sure we will catch up again here soon. All right, thank you. Go, 42. Go, 42. Now, 10. Big thanks once again to Nick Nardone and Zach Hayward for coming on the show. Um, you know, coaches are very busy at this time of the year. 
getting out of camp, prepping for week zero. So the fact that they both made some time to uh, speak to you and me, Josh, it means a lot. But their time is over. This is our time. Now let's go out there and take it. In the words of the great, the late great Herb Brooks, it's pick time. That's what the center of this show is going to be about. I know growing up in the paper when I played, I would look to see who the writers were picking on Friday night. I wanted to see who had Burgettstown. The answer was not many. Uh, but, (laughs) But in addition to publishing our picks in the paper, they'll be in every Friday edition until the regular season ends and we'll probably pick playoff games as well. We are going to go through. We're going to pick the board. We have nine games to choose from. It will be myself. It will be Josh Carney. It will be Parth. In addition to those three, it will be our two stringers, Joe Sager and Bill Allman. And the last person who will be on the pick show, you will not hear his voice because he has to lay low. He is the house. You might be wondering who the house is. Well, the house is everywhere. He's everything. He was raised in Beaver County. He's a Whippeal football expert, and they call him the house because like in Vegas, folks, the house never loses we'll have his picks we'll have all of our picks and we're going to start it right now our first game of the week is central valley at knock the defending state champions in piaa 3a guys i think it's safe to say we all went central valley across the board absolutely i don't even know anything about beaver county football and i know that central valley is going to blow the doors off of knock i can tell you that much josh I have a long personal history with knock, so I could not go knock here. Uh, but no, Central Valley, I, I mean, obviously defending state champs, back-to-back Whipple champs. Picking against them to open up the season uh, seems foolish. So easy decision, I think, across the board here. Yeah, I mean, they've got one of the best offensive players in the Whipple at running back. They've got the best defensive player in the Whipple on the line and another one of the best defensive players in the Whipple at linebacker or, or the line depending where you line up merit. They've got talent across the board. I, I My guess is we're going to be picking Central Valley a lot this season. Probably. Podcast. So that's our first pick. We go to game number two. We have North Catholic heading down to Beaver County, to old Tony Dorsett Stadium to take on Hopewell. And this is a, another unanimous one, North Catholic. We all have, all six of us have North Catholic. Um, Josh, why did you pick North Catholic? I see what Hopewell is trying to do right now, uh, but obviously breaking in a young quarterback and, and taking on a team like North Catholic at home, I think it's just too tough of a test right now for uh, Matt Weiss's team. But I like what Hopewell's doing. You know, they're they're tough up front. They're going to be able to run the ball, um, but I, I just think that Week One test is a little too much for them right now. Growing up, Hopewell was an amazing program powerhouse when I was growing up, I graduated from high school in 2013. So, I mean, that that's the Russell shell era. Mm-hmm. They were great. They really haven't got to that since he's left. They're great in other sports. Baseball programs. Fantastic. Yeah. But hopeful football is still looking to find an identity and they're not going to find it against a team like North Catholic who they bring it every year. Yeah. You know, they bring in new kids every year to help them bring it every year. But nonetheless, <laughs> North Catholic's always good. So that's why I'm taking the Trojans over the Vikings here. Uh, Game number three, and this is our third and final unanimous pick on the board. Oh, no, we have one more later on, but Beaver against Quaker Valley. Uh, I'll start this one off. Beaver was an impressive team when I went to visit them. They're very physical. I'm excited to see what Wyatt Ringer can do at quarterback. I don't know how they'll do in the Parkway Conference just because 
they're going up against not just really good teams in their conference, but some of the best teams in Whippeal 4A yeah. or in that conference in Aliquippa and Blackhawk and so on and so forth. So I don't know how they're going to do there, but they're going to do well against a, a Quaker Valley team who four years coming off of a state championship, they're a completely different program. They have low numbers and I, I, I don't think they're going to do too well this year after going 0-5 last year. I think they've won like two of their last 15, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Josh, you have anything to add? No, I, I just want to see, you know, that next step. What is that next step for Wyatt Ringer? Uh, you know, great all-around athlete. I'm excited to see what, you know, Jacob Hilton looks like in the middle mm-hmm. of that defense and what uh, Coach Court Rouse can do taking over Beaver. But, uh, you know, I, I am a little concerned about Quaker Valley, you know, coming off of state championship four years ago. And, and it seems like those numbers are trending more towards soccer at this point. And yeah. That's a shame for a proud program. But, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the Quakers can get can get back on track here. I just don't think week, week zero is that uh, chance to get back on track. Um, moving on to game number four. This is the game that I have my eye, eye on. It is Moon at Seneca Valley. Seneca Valley, of course, took on a couple of coaches from uh, Pine Richland. If you if you didn't know what was going on this summer over there, there were a couple of vacancies. <laughs> some some really good coaches looking for a new that, home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Seneca Valley is interesting. They're going to be an interesting team up in 6A, but so are the Tigers with a lot of talent. I went with Moon and Parth. You did too. I'm interested to see part that someone who you know hasn't covered whippy old football. Do you have a rhyme or reason why you went with Moon? Not really, honestly. I think you know Seneca Valley is six A. Obviously, I believe Moon five A, five A. So they you know they kind of somewhat match up right in terms of school size and stuff. I just kind of went with Moon. Okay, and Josh, why why Seneca for you? So this was the the most difficult one that that I had to. I flipped back and forth. I saw Moon in person. I love their size, their talent, uh, but Seneca just, they continuously reload that pipeline every year yep. as a 6A school, and I do think, and this is no slight to Moon's coaching staff at all, but they added, Seneca Valley added coaches from Pine Richland, a program that yeah. is one of the more dominant ones in the state. I think that's going to play a role. I mean, you can talk about scheme, you know, all day long, talent wins, but I think adding those caliber of coaches to this program could help them get up to speed early in week zero. So like Josh, Bill, Joe, and the house also picked Seneca Valley. And the house did leave a note. He said the house likes the Pine Richland, Pine Richland coaching staff. So like I said, the man knows Whippy football. <laughs> He's all over the place. <laughs> anyway, moving forward now, next game on the slate is Southside at Freedom. And we have five picks for one school, and then we have one pick for the opposition. We're all going with the pride in the home of Hall of Famer Jimbo Covert. We're all going with the Bulldogs, except for Joe Sager, who's taking the Rams for Southside Beaver. I was at Rams camp not very long, and I will say this is not the Southside team I grew up playing against. This is not the Southside team that went to the Whitfield Championship in 2018. Like Quaker Valley, their numbers are very low. They don't have a quarterback named yet. Well, they might have one now, but as of our preseason coverage, they didn't have a quarterback named. And that's never a good thing going into your first game of the year. And they're playing a freedom team who, yes, they re- they return zero starters on their offensive line, but they have a really good backfield with a four-year starter in Pale and a three-year starter next to him. 
They have experienced receivers. They have a really good athlete at quarterback. I mean, they, they've got a lot of good players. I think Freedom probably wins this game by two or three scores, honestly. I, I think the emotion of Jimbo Covert night will also play a factor. You don't want to come out and, you know, come out flat yeah. on that night. So having him back in, in town and at that game, I think Freedom's going to get off to a fast start. So to recap, um, I, we all, myself, Parth, Josh, Bill, in the house have Freedom. Joe, the lone guy going with the Southside Rams. Next game, we have Wheeling Central Catholic hosting Ambridge. This was a game that was originally agreed upon prior to the start of the Sherm McBride era, but he honored the commitment. It was supposed to be a home and home. They were supposed to come into Ambridge last year. That obviously did not happen because of the pandemic, but they're still going down there. They're playing at a college stadium. They're being fed. Sherm thinks it's going to be a great experience for his guys. I think it will be a great experience up until kickoff. Wheeling Central Catholic is a good program down there in West Virginia. And I think, you know, Ambridge, well, I think they're going to be better than the Ambridge teams of the last five years. I don't think they're ready for this challenge in week zero. I'm going with uh, Wheeling Central Catholic and the whole board is as well. Anything anyone wants to add on that one? No, I, I just I'm curious to see um, what Ambridge's offense can do. I mean, I mentioned in the, the preseason um, preview, they they averaged 5.5 points per game last year. Yeah, um, not I'm even ho- touching them. Yeah, I'm hoping um, under Sherm McBride and in that new offensive coaching staff, they can show a little something week zero to kind of build off of. But that that's a tough trip. All right, so we are going to go next to Olsh at Apollo Ridge, and we all have the Chargers. Parth, you wrote the preview about Olsh. What makes you think that they're going to have a good year this year? Yeah, I don't know much about Apollo, but Olsh, just speaking to, to Dan Bradley and, and looking at their roster, they've, they've got pieces there. You know, from a team that went 5-3, and three, they're looking to take the next step, and they've got the talent to do so. Um, obviously, Noah, we went to their practice the other day, and they, they looked good. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a program that not too long ago beat Rochester in the Whippeal Championship game. I mean, Olsh in every sport is good, as is the case for Catholic schools in Western Pennsylvania. But, I mean, this they're a gritty football team, and they're led by a very good quarterback, Nehemiah Azim. And uh, Apollo Ridge. It's a proud they're, program. They're, it's it's a, a proud it's... program, but they're, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I expect Olsh to be a top three, four team in single A this year. That's Apollo Ridge just is not that everyone went with Olsh across the board. We go to a Saturday game now, not Friday night lights, Saturday afternoon sunshine, they say. And that is new Brighton at Western Beaver. We have one more game to pick after that, which is our game of the week. But for now guys, new Brighton at Western Beaver. And this is, this is split equal. I think, I think we have, no, we have four, two. So I went with new Brighton and I, I went with new Brighton because new Brighton, impressed the heck out of me when I went to go see them at camp. I like what their quarterback, Gabe Haddix, can do. I really like their receiver, Keandre Williams. I think he's going to be probably one of the more underrated playmakers in all of Beaver County. And their offensive line is really, really strong with the guys they have returning. And more importantly, the new guys they have bringing in. There's one guy named Matt Brown you need to keep your eye on. I think he's going to be a first-year starter, and I think he's going to be a problem for opposing defenses up front. 
I really like what the Lions can do, and that's nothing against what Western Beaver can do because they return their quarterback, Xander Lafambleur. They had a great remote camp out in uh, rural Ohio. This is a team that went to the playoffs last year, but when you lose a player like Dakari Bradford, he's one of many talented players that they're not returning. I know they still have Thad Gray in the backfield as well, but this isn't the Western Beaver team that made the playoffs last year. They're going to have to work to get back this season, and I don't think they're going to start off with a win against the Lions. No, I, I'm with you. I, I like this new Brighton team quite a bit. Um, you know, you, you kind of ran down it there. Offensive line, quarterback, receivers. That's what you need to win in high school football. And they have it. They have experience. They have talent. They have continuity from the coaching staff on down. New Brighton looks like a team that could really make a run this year. Western Beaver, I am curious to see how they, they come out of that remote camp and bring that focus and energy into the regular season. I mean, it's it's four coaches in four years at Western. It's tough. it's tough. And that is. I mean, and, and that's not to say, I mean, they get the Lincoln Park guys who are the basketball players who want to play football. And some of them, like Dakari Bradford, yeah. end up saying, hey, I'm better at this. And they go to Akron on a full scholarship to play tight end. And that's great. But when when you don't have that consistency leading the ship, that can bring a program down, especially in a game like week zero where you've had minimal time to prepare. Yeah. So. That's why I went with New Brighton. That's why Parth went with New Brighton. That's why Josh went with New Brighton. However, we've got a little bit of different. Both of the stringers, Bill and Joe, who have been around Beaver County longer than all of us combined, simply by just years lived, but they've been covering, they've been writing a lot for this paper way before we were even in the business, and they both like the Golden Beavers. The house is on our side, though. He's going with New Brighton. Moving on now to our final pick, our Beaver County Times Game of the Week. I will be there in the press box at Geneva College for Blackhawk. Hitting the road, going down to take on the defending WPIAL 2A champion Beaver Falls Tigers. This is going to be a great game. It's an interesting matchup because it's a lot of skill versus a lot of question marks up front for both teams. Beaver Falls returns some people up front, but they simply don't have the size that Blackhawk will have. However, size doesn't necessarily mean everything on the offensive line, especially in high school football. They always say lowest pad level wins. Beaver Falls will have that advantage. Beaver Falls is a gritty team. Blackhawk is a team that has a ton of skill and two divi- or three Division One recruits in the skill positions with Zach Hours, Carson Heckathorn, and Lorenzo Jenkins. But Beaver Falls has a loaded secondary headlined by Kadir Thomas, one of the 30 people that I wrote about that you need to watch out for this fall season. Guys, I'll let you give your picks first. I, I went with Blackhawk. I, I really liked this team this year. A uh, lot of experience. Um, you know, it's just they, they do have question marks along the offensive line. That That is for sure. But this team is so loaded at skill. I don't know how you slow this team down. And I'm really concerned with Beaver Falls. I mean, you you lose a guy in, in Josh Huff who, <laughs> I mean, he, he put up a historic season last year. And I think it's kind of going to change what Beaver Falls does offensively. Um, I think Beaver Falls can hit their stride later in the year. But this week zero matchup against Blackhawk, who has so many returning players, uh, I, I think um, you know Blackhawk is just going to run away with this one, uh, even though it is a, a heated rivalry. 
And it's not just Huff. I mean, they're, they're replacing Singletary lot, back there who ran for a thousand yards. Their fullback was a really good player as well. He was a times all-star. I mean, they're, they're replacing a lot. So yeah, they lost over almost 4,000 rushing yards. So yeah. And like it's, 50, t- 49 touchdowns out of that backfield last year. They'll yeah. have to replace. That's, that's a lot of production. So Park, yes, who do you got? I'm picking the upset, man. I'm picking the upset. I've got, I've got Beaver Falls. And, you know, for all the reasons we mentioned, Blackhawk is the heavy favorite um, with Beaver Falls having to replace all that talent, Josh Huff included, um, and Blackhawk just being loaded, you know, at multiple positions. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm smelling an upset. I think Beaver Falls is going to be hungry and ready for the challenge. And home field in week one or week zero in this instance, you can never emphasize enough mm-hmm. how, how big of a benefit it is to op- open your season at home when you don't have to go on the bus and you could just, you know, sleep, you know, go home after school, maybe take a nap in your bed and you have a quick 10 minute drive to the stadium. You can get there early and prepare rather than taking a bus. And in Blackhawk, it's, it's like a 10 minute bus ride from where they live compared to going to Geneva. But nonetheless, it's a different stadium. You're playing for pride when it's your home turf. Yeah. And Beaver Falls has won a lot of football games yes, at Geneva have. at Geneva's field. However, I don't think they're winning this one. I'm going with the Cougars. I just really liked what I saw. I like what I saw at Beaver Falls too, but at the end of the day, there's 4A talent and there's 2A talent. And it's it's tough for a 2A school to beat a 4A school. And I, I do got to say, I, I hope you do give us a report on Tyler Kane maybe seeing time at guard because we yes. saw that we saw that uh, the first week, just a massive hit on, on a pool. Mm-hmm. Um, you wrote about it in your camp notes roundup, but uh, that's, that's interesting. You know, uh, you know, an all conference tight end getting snaps at guard. That, that'll yeah. be interesting. So uh, yeah. that it will be a heck of a game though. I mean, these two teams do not like each other. There's a lot of talent on the field, um, but I, I think there's a clear cut favorite in this one. So this one, this split three three, because we have Bill who took Blackhawk, Joe who took Beaver Falls, and the House also took Beaver Falls. Oh, so this is this was our most evenly picked game, and that's why it's our game of the week. I mean, we're talking two Beaver County powerhouses. We're talking one Whitfield defending champion. We're talking about another team who's looking to get back there. They missed the playoffs the year prior, but two seasons before that, they were Whitfield semifinal lists. In, in 18 and 19. So, I mean, these are two great traditions, both well-coached, both loaded with talent. It's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, any final thoughts as we wrap up our Week Zero preview? Just excited to have football back, honestly. Um, you know, I know it's been a tough year, year and a half for, for everybody, but uh, there's always just a return to some sense of normalcy when football happens in, in small towns, in Western PA, across the country with the NFL starting soon. Like it's just nice to, to be in this time of year and have football back in our lives. Man, I'm pumped for Friday night lights. As y'all know, it's kind of new to me and what, you know, what better place to cover high school football than in here in Beaver County. I'm stoked. Break out the hoodies, start cooking the chili, get the babysitter and head down to the football field It's time for Friday Night Light action. I hope you were listening to this on the way to the game, maybe. And if you weren't, I hope this got you pumped up because the fans are back and we're back. We're going to have coverage for games every single week. And you can expect all of that content and more here at the Beaver County Times. Take care. We'll see you next week.